Junkies. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. This is an interview with the lead singer of Lady Annabellum and fellow Augusta native Charles Kelly. It's a great interview. We talk about playing the Augusta National, a lifetime round at Augusta with our buddy Kevin Kisner. Uh, we talk about how he grew up in Augusta, loving the game of golf. We talk about a crazy bet with Darius Rucker, lead singer Hootie and the Blowfish, and even my favorite part, Pat sings and Charles attempts to harmonize. But we've got some other great stories. If you're new to the podcast, we do a weekly PGA Tour preview every single week for betting, DraftKings golf, FanDuel golf, whatever you may be doing. We preview every event. And of course, we do bring you some awesome interviews with PGA Tour players, caddies, and other golf addicts like ourselves. We hope you enjoy this episode with Charles Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Tour Junkies podcast, and this is the Native Area. As you guys are familiar, we've got a new guest that we're bringing into the Native Area for the first time, you know, and as we all know, the Native Area is that place where you find yourself on a golf course. And uh, it could be rock, it could be mulch, it could be a great lie, it could be a terrible lie, you just don't know what you're going to get, and that is what our next guest is about to get from us, and we're going to have a great time. He's an Augusta boy. Uh, born and raised, and we're proud of him and what he's done and what he's accomplished. And everybody knows this guy. He needs very little introduction. Mr. Charles Kelly, lead singer of Lady Annabellum and also Dick Fantastic and the Fabulous Four <laughs> Charles, thank you so much for joining the Tour Junkies uh, podcast. How do you know about that band, my side <laughs> project? Uh, we know all about it, man. We know all about it. <laughs> Dick Fantastic. Yeah. So just to, to, to clarify for all those out there, when Hillary, so Hillary Scott, you know, the, and Lady A with us, when, when she had her first baby, we were off the road for about, you know, nine months or so, six months. And, um, and we were just losing our mind. Everybody in the band, we were like, we've got to do a show. So we put together this <laughs> cover band and we pretty much just do like a whole bunch of yacht rock type stuff. And, uh, and our bass player had the idea of calling ourselves Sick Fantastic in the Fabulous Foreskins. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, we did, a, we did a couple of just random, random club shows in Nashville. And, like, nobody knew who in the world it was. And, and we got all dressed up. And it was, yeah, it was pretty wild. It was, I think our label was a little embarrassed by it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to. You got to do it again. Give us a heads up though, too, so we can we can appeal. No doubt, point. no doubt. I might have to do one of the gusts like during Masters Week or something. That would be fun. Yes. Oh my god! Definitely. Please let us know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, speaking of Augusta, so we know you're you're a huge golf fan, obviously. You know, tell us about you know, when you first fell in love with the game and and just growing up playing in a, in Augusta. Well, we were we were really lucky, man. I I, I will say I. Um, you know, we, we grew up at Westlake and, uh, and and grew up right there on the golf course between the seventh and eighth hole. And it just, it was kind of always just a part of my life. My, uh, you know, my dad and my two older brothers played and uh, John Kelly, who, who, you know, lives there right now. He's, uh, you know, he was kind of the, the, the one we all looked up to. My brother, Josh and I looked up to John our whole life. He was about 10 years older than us. And he played, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of junior golf and, and played at Wake Forest. And we just always kind of wanted to do whatever he was doing. And so, you know, uh, I mean, it, the first memory I have is probably picking up a golf club, you know, and um, it just was always in, in my blood. You know, I've, I've, 
Uh, I've had a love-hate relationship with it for, <laughs> for my whole life. But uh, I really will say it's, um, you know, I've met more close friends through the game uh, than anything else I've done in my life. And it's just a really big part of who I am. So when you, um, you know, talking about Masters Week, which, which I'm sure is one of your favorite weeks of the year, it's, it's definitely one of David and I's. What are your top three favorite things about Masters Week in, in general? Oh, man. I, um, you know, I think for me, my favorite part of Masters Week is, is just seeing seeing all my old friends. It, it is the wildest thing, man. I, um, you know, a lot of, most of the years we actually, uh, Lady A, we go and play um, an event for Mercedes. And uh, they're always so gracious. They, you know, they give us a certain amount of tickets every year. And, um, and so I get to, you know, go to the tournament and just walking around that place, it is crazy how many old friends that you run into. And uh, just to, you know, get to catch up with them and people I haven't seen in, you know, 20 years. And, and they look the same, but completely different. You know, they're just these adult <laughs> versions of these crazy, you know, high schoolers. I remember, you know, drinking my first beer with, and all of a sudden, you know, here we are, you know, in our late thirties running each other and they've got, you know, kids with them or wives. And it's just such a wild thing to see, but, uh, but I don't know. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely one of them. I mean, uh, you know, I would also say the pimento cheese sandwich, that's a big one for me. Got to, you know, first thing I do is, is get a cold beer when I walk into those gates and get an egg salad and a pimento cheese and I put them together. It's like a little egg, egg and cheese sandwich. I know, I know. It's a, it's a pro move. That is that a is pro, a pro move. move. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, you know, I like to do like take, you know, you got to take out one of the sides of the bread though. You know, you don't want to overload on, on the too bread. Too many carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Too many carbs. But uh, so that's the second, and you know another thing that I love is um, is is going to the Augusta Country Club after the tournament. That's such a a special thing. I always come down and um, lucky enough to you know have have a lot of friends there and 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 family that are you know still members there, and uh, you know to be able to kind of reconnect with them and and even pop out on the golf course, you know, after all the tee times are done. Um, you know, with people like my buddy Wilson Alga, who, who lives down there, and that's just a that's just a fun thing I look forward to every year. So those are probably at the top of my list. Those three things. David certainly knows the ACC is one of my favorite spots. I probably spend more time there than actually out on the course uh, during Masters. But, yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, I, I I will say, Ben, you know, I've been really <clears throat> fortunate to be able to you know go around the world with this tour and thing, and and be able to play a lot of great golf courses. And there is something about Augusta Country Club, the, um, you know, the club itself, the golf course, of course, but just the whole environment of it that, I mean, I, it is really hard to find, you know, a place like that anywhere in the world. So I, I think, uh, you know, I don't think I, I knew growing up there how, how good I had it. You know, same thing with the tournament, too. You know, we've, uh, I've gotten, to, you know, go to, uh, you know, some different um, tour events, you know, around the country. Uh, and sometimes we'll play, you know, private events you know, during the night at some of these things and no tournament even compares, not even close to the way the Masters is, is run and feels. And I just assumed, you know, growing up there that every golf tournament had, you know, 50,000 people and <laughs> all this, you know, had like perfect blades of grass everywhere. And it was, you know, perfectly really clean kind of restrooms. Right. Exactly. Perfectly clean restrooms. 
so uh yeah i mean it's just it really is it's really cool and, and fortunate how uh you know being kind of put in that uh in, in front of that kind of a, a world-class event from an early age you know i worked the range uh you know growing up a couple of years and we would always you know it, it we always steal the golf balls you know at the end of the day yeah <laughs> <laughs> We got in trouble a few times for that one in my day when we did it too. So we did too. We did too. We got a talking to, but you know, it didn't. It didn't. You know, stop any of the kids from stealing Pro Vs. You know. Hey, yeah. I mean, they're brand new. You know, in my day, they weren't Pro Vs. Though. They were like the the tour professional. As far as the national was concerned, I'm sure you've gotten to play out there um, a few times. What is what was your best round out there? Maybe most memorable shot. Real quick, we do want to remind you that there are plenty of other episodes you can listen to of the Tour Junkies podcast on iTunes, Spotify, tourjunkies.com, or anywhere you can find podcasts. We've interviewed guys like Kevin Kisner, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, and Billy Horschel, Darius Rucker, and other PGA Tour players and caddies. So go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. There, we got some great ones, okay? Just like this one with Charles. Let's get right back to it. Yeah, I've been really, I've been really lucky. I will say, I've had a lot of great people like. Uh, Will McKnight, um, yeah, just so many different, uh, you know, very story that that have been so you know nice and gracious to have me out there, you know, another guy, Great Murray, and and mm-hmm. I've had some of my worst rounds out there, and I had one of my all-time best rounds, and so I mean, I, I've gotten to play it probably, I think probably about six times, and most of the times I'm right in kind of the 83, 82 range, but the last Kisner, Kevin Kisner had a, his first charity event and, uh, and Darius Rucker and I did it. And we went out there with, uh, uh, Kisner and, uh, Barry Story. And I don't know what got into me, but I bogeyed the first hole and I was like, well, here we go again. Here's another one of those just nervous rounds. I'm, I'm not going to be able to play golf. The second hole I knock it up there, you know, and everybody that's listening needs to realize when you play from the members tees, it's a lot shorter. I mean, I would shoot a hundred yeah. from the, where the tournament tees are. Um, yeah. And, and lucky for me <clears throat> that day, they had the greens running a little slower too, because uh, Kisner kept, kept, you know, saying that he had never, you know, seen the green so slow, but for me, that was awesome. Well, the second hole, I knock it up there like a four iron about seven feet. I make an Eagle and I'm like, mm. Oh, all right, here we go. So long story short, I end up shooting a 72, and wow. I'm not anybody that's played with me. I'm a I'm a legit five handicap. I mean, I'm if I go out ten times, I'll shoot. You know, I'll break 83, maybe four times, and the rest are you know in the 80s. This was one of the most just out of body experiences. I was making 30 foot putts. I mean, it was just one of those silly. <laughs> silly days and uh and kisner i mean the half that to be able to actually have it happen you know sitting there right by kevin kisner was a pretty cool moment because i play in the pebble beach at&t every year with him and he sees the real me and he was like if you could even bring half of this game to the at&t maybe we can win that thing one day but uh <laughs> it was it was it was an out-of-body experience i'll never forget it i mean i've got it you know i've got it in my little you know, trophy room. My wife calls it my I love my I love me room. But uh, it's uh, you know, I've got all kinds of different golf stuff up there, and that was just a memory I'll never forget, and I don't think I'll ever match it, honestly. All right, so I got to ask you this, Charles. I need to know about crew. So K R U. 
Oh my god! Back in high school, Something. y'all got? Did y'all have T-shirts? Some wild parties? <laughs> oh my god! We were such dorks, man. Like looking back at all that. Well, what it was was they were like two legit sororities. You know, the fact that we even had high school, you know, sororities was kind of silly. And so we were like, well, we don't have a fraternity. And we didn't know what it even meant to start a fraternity. We we're like, what do these letters mean? And we were like, well, we're gonna we're gonna start a, a crew, a crew of us. And we just came up with. I mean, it was just dumb. Pretty much, it was just a bunch of buddies being, you know, <laughs> being seventeen year old, you know, you know, dorks. That's all. That's what we were, you know. But we 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 had some good times. We we're a little wild. I I, I you know, I, I definitely look back at it and I, I wonder how we didn't get you know arrested a lot of the things we did but but we were also good kids too i mean everybody was you know i think uh for the most part you know pretty driven smart guys we just you know but it was good times man i look back when high school i went to lakeside so fondly i mean we were again i mean we just were so lucky augusta especially you know out there martinez i mean the school system was so great and you know the public school system being able to you know, to have those kind of teachers that really cared. And I just felt like, you know, it almost felt like we were in private school uh, over there at Lakeside. And uh, and so, you know, a lot of fond memories. But I definitely, uh, I put my parents through a, through, through the ringer a few times, that's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, let's 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 stay in the past. Um, I had a, I had a buddy that I told I was going to interview you today, and he he wanted to know the the inspiration behind the song "Shell of a Man" uh, on your debut album <laughs> Pepple Street. <laughs> uh, who asked that? Was it Cord? Was it Cord? No, that was that was actually Brian Skurlock. Oh, Brian Skurlock, I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, my first band was, uh, it was my brother Josh and, uh, Patrick Blanchard. And, uh, yeah, it was, so we, we had this band called Inside Blue and we we're 14, 15 years old, you know, so all you're doing is listening to, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all these bands, you know, and, and I, we didn't know what we were writing about or talking about. And so we wrote some, one of the songs was, was shell of a man, you know, I'm 14 years old and I'm writing about being a shell of a man, you know, it was, it was a learning process for sure. How to write a song. I think another song was called <laughs> 10 years in a bottle, 10 years in a bottle was about, you know, a drunk man that, uh, you know, has needed, needed to shape up, you know, so I had a lot of life experiences at 14, you know, I was really just trying to you know, share with the world some, <laughs> some, some life lessons that I had. But, uh, you know, it has to, hey, you got to start somewhere. You know, I tell everybody that writes songs, you know, and, and when I see people in, in Nashville, you know, and they say, you know, how do you start? How do you, how do you become a good songwriter? I said, well, first you have to write a hundred absolute horrible songs to get to your first song. And I really do <laughs> feel like, like, you know, Dave and I, Dave Haywood and I, when we moved to Nashville, that was definitely the case for us. I mean, we wrote some absolutely horrendous songs. And then finally, you know, we started stumbling on, you know, songs like Love Don't Live Here and, you know, and started to kind of get, you know, get the process down a little bit. Well, I actually had the uh, the CD from Inside Blue. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I, where, if I still have it laying around the house somewhere, but I, but I did have it. So. Well, um, you know what? There's so many people that had it. You know why? Because my dad, 
my dad was like our, our uh, was pimping us around town. He's a cardiologist, and he pretty much just would take, you know, ten CDs wherever he went, and just you know, walk through the hospital as patients. And you know, when you're sitting there going, "Hey, this is my kid's band. Here's their CD. It's ten dollars." I mean, you almost you almost can't say no. It's like a, it's like you know, it'd be offensive to say no. So I think he just put everybody on the spot so much that they had to say yes. And uh, and yeah, we sold like a I think we sold like a thousand of those CDs around town. So it was, you know, it was a fun time for sure. I still have a couple. My mom saved some. I told her to hold on to it. And I said, you never know. Maybe maybe someday, yeah. you know, it, it might be worth something. You never know. Yeah. So going back to golf, you know, how much do you you kind of think about golf? How much do you play? Um, and I'm also interested, you know, what's on the playlist uh, when you're playing and, and your favorite uh, course beverage? Ooh, man. Okay, this is a lot of parts. I got to remember all these. Okay, um, I'm obsessed with golf. I, I, I mean, I've gone through so many different uh, waves with the game. Um, you know, I, I really, I played a lot growing up, and um, I was, I was a pretty, pretty good junior golfer from about ten to for about eight or nine years old till about 14 years old. And there was something that happened, I think a growth spurt or something. And right when I was 15, 16, I just, I just kind of hit a wall and I couldn't get any better. And I wasn't putting in, you know, enough time into it and everybody else around me was getting much better. And I just kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, I just kind of gave up on it. And, um, and I really didn't play, you know, but a few times a year from, the end of high school through college, really. And I, I just, I don't know. I just knew I'd never get back to where I felt like I could compete. And, uh, and I don't know, I was just kind of focusing on school and, you know, still playing some music here and there. And it wasn't literally until about four years into our career, um, I had, uh, we had Darius Rucker come out and open up for us. It was about 2010 or 2011. And he came out and opened up for us, uh, you know, with Lady Annabellum, and he plays every single day. And I just slowly but surely started playing again. And the more I played, I started kind of, you know, falling back in love with it and really kind of getting my game back. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely obsessed now. I mean, my wife, she feels like a, a golf widow. I mean, if I'm if I'm not on the road, <laughs> I'm back home and I'm playing golf, and I just love it so much. I've um, got a couple of great places in Nashville, uh, Richmond Country Club and Golf Club of Tennessee that I play, and I just got great golf buddies. And there's just it's it's a way for me to get out there, and and you know I play with guys that aren't in the music business, so we don't talk about anything music or business related, and we just go out there and zone out and compete and have a great time. And um, my playlist, I, I'm 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 big on the yacht rock. I really am. I love. I kind of grew up, my, my mom, like, always loved, you know, like Michael McDonald and things like that. And uh, and so anytime I'm out there, you know, I like something that's just kind of chill and relaxing. And so, you know, we'll go to Spotify, put on the Yacht Rock playlist or, you know, just 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 chill stuff. A lot of old school, you know, kind of music. And um, definitely, I definitely have to have something to drink. I, I, I hate that about myself, but I cannot play golf over and it's really sad 
I mean, my hands start shaking over over you know putts. I just I need like a I need a little little swing lube, as they say. I mean, it really is true. And um, so I don't know. I, I you know I, I I don't discriminate when it comes to uh to drinks. I'll drink it all. I'll even drink a white claw if you got it. It's all Dang, it's all yeah. you know. It's all fair game to me, you know. <laughs> well, I'm with you. David can go around without it without drinking, but I, I'm with you. I have to. I have to get. I call it getting my levels right. I have to get the levels right, yeah. and then and then it's it's on from there. Because David and I, we played the memory guests over Champions Retreat together, and it's uh, it's important. But you can't go overboard. You just got to get it correct. No, with, you know. it's just <laughs> the right amount, and you got to make sure. You know, don't peak don't peak early, and also make sure you got to you got to stay consistent. You know, so yeah. you know if you've gone a few holes without one. You gotta, you know, you gotta call in reserves and, and you know, kind of someone get you right back up to that right level again. So, your your favorite artist to play with, other or, or athletes maybe other than Darius. We know you play a good good amount with him. Yeah, um, I play a lot with Jake Owen. He's he's really good. He's um, he's probably a you know one or two. Um, I mean, if he really wanted, you know, and played every day, I mean, he could he could really be one of those guys that. I mean, I think at one point in his life he did want to, you know, be on tour. Um, you know, it's just that game, you just got to put so much time into it. And so we both talk about that all the time that, you know, that we wish we could play more, you know. And uh, I think now I'm finally getting to the point where, you know, it's kind of settled in our career now where, you you know, you can kind of pick and choose what you're going to do and you don't have to do every single show and all these things. So, I, I you know, I, I'll go out and play, you know, before a show a lot on the road and, and so it's nice to be able to kind of finally have time for it. But, you know, he's – he actually could go to the next the next level. I've hit my – I feel like I've hit my plateau. I'm probably always going to hover around anywhere from like a three to a six because I don't ever practice, but I play a lot. So, you know, if I could practice and maybe somebody could, could retool my swing, I could get better. But, um, you know, my fundamentals aren't there. But but he's the kind of guy that I will say he is he's something else on the golf course. But uh, so I play a lot with him and uh, a little bit with Thomas Rhett. He's he's getting into it a little bit more. He just joined, um, of course, in Nashville, and so I think he's going to start playing a lot more too. But uh, there's a lot of I mean almost all the musicians I know of play. I mean Luke Bryan plays a little bit. Um, you know there's it's just there's so much free time when you're out on the road. So this will be this will be my last question, and I'll kind of hand it over to, to DB here. But I know, and you you mentioned obviously playing the AT and T Pro Am. I'm sure you've played in other Pro Ams as well. This is something we ask caddies a lot too that come on and players. But what's what's the craziest thing you've seen at a Pro Am party or during the round? <laughs> uh, Pro Am party. I don't. Bill Murray's always at these, and he is he is such a character, man. Yeah, it, um. It's like I don't know. He's always walking around. It's just such a character. I don't know if he's done anything crazy, but the craziest thing I I saw the golf wise is um, Gary Woodland. Uh, first year I played with Kevin Kisner. Gary Woodland li- literally was about to miss the cut, and we were on hole. What was it? It was we started on the back, so we were on hole three at uh, Pebble Beach. And I mean, he's he's probably like two or three shots off the cut, and just having a horrible, you know, few days. Bombs this. Um, I guess he just caught this crazy flyer 
out of the rough, and he bombs this this club. It goes 20 feet. It would have been out of bounds because the road behind three is out of bounds. It hits this drain. This like you know like like with grapes on it hits this drain 20 yards past it, pops right back onto the green 20 feet. He makes it for birdie. If it doesn't wow. hit this if it doesn't hit this drain in the most perfect spot, it would have been gone. He makes double, maybe triple. He was done. So then he just like he feels like he's next hole he birdies. He gets to the par five. He either eagles or birdies. And he ends up making the cut by one. And the last day, I think he shoots like a 67 or something. And he ends up getting like a top, a, a top 10. And wow. I just was like, I was like, God, that is just such a wild thing that, I mean, golf, you know, especially these guys too, you know, making, you know, having to make a living. This was, this was a, you know, a few years back too. Like now Gary's, you know, really gotten his game together and as, as hot as, you know, you know, he can be. Uh, but this was about four or five years ago, maybe. And, and uh, it was just really kind of wild to see, like, you know, h- how many fractions of an inch, you know, can just change, you know, the course of these uh, these guys, uh, you know, weekend. So, Charles, I want to take over here. I've got some good questions coming your way. Before okay. I do that, though, um, you you know a little bit about the Perry Boys, and they are they're uh-huh. interesting, okay? And our <laughs> listeners know and love Pat. Uh, he's he's just a unique individual, and I will never forget how hard I laughed at our member, my member guest this year at Champions. And, you know, we always got a nice playlist going and uh, we're singing along. And out of nowhere, Pat just looks at me and goes, you know, some people have said I have a nice voice. And uh, <laughs> I, that just struck me as very funny. I've never heard anyone say that, especially when they weren't asked. Um, and <laughs> and Pat, Pat uh, you know, I would argue, uh, I don't think he has the greatest voice, but um, – <laughs> He offered that up, and so I thought it would be fun real quick for – because, you know, you and Hillary have such a chemistry, and, you know, a lot of times you're taking the lead and you're singing the melody, and, and she's harmonizing with you. And then a lot of times uh, on, on the new song, Ocean, which you have to listen to if mm-hmm. you've not already listened to it, and the new album's coming out uh, November 15th, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, November 15th. All right, so you, th- that song, you know, it's basically Hillary's leading the way, and you're kind of harmonizing with her, right? Uh-huh. I wanted mm-hmm. Pat – to pick a, a a chorus and show <laughs> off those those golden pipes and let you hop in if you can and harmonize with Pat for a second. Are you up for that? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm up for it. Is Pat up for this? I don't think I, he is. But let's... I am not at all up for this. And <laughs> let's also keep in mind I, I may or may not have been uh, drunk when I yeah. said this. So, yeah. yeah, well, I, I feel like Pat's pulling like the Ron Burgundy and Anchorman thing where they wanted to play the mm-hmm. yes flute, and he's like, I'm not really prepared. Okay, let me just pull out the flute. And there they go. Yeah. So, Pat, I'm going to let it. you, I'm going to let you kick it off. We don't have a pitch pipe or anything, but, you know, we'll let you, we'll let you yeah. go. Let Charles jump in when okay. he can. All right, all right. All right. So, this is, a, this is obviously a pretty famous song. So, here we go. All right. Oh, I'm a little nervous. Okay. It's a quarter after one. I'm a little drunk and I need you now. I said I wouldn't I wouldn't lost lost control control and I need you now. (laughs) And I don't uh, know how I can do without. I just need you now. Oh, yikes. (laughs) 
Wow, that I mean it's it's not the worst voice I've ever heard, but it it's um it needs it needs a little retooling, you know, like my last <laughs> game. It, it, it it's got some rough edges to it for sure. I had a secret one I was gonna do. I don't know if we have time though. I don't know what you think, David. I mean, I, you can you can go. I mean, I mean, just a couple seconds. We'll see if Charles. I mean, I, I don't know that Charles is capable of harmonizing with what you're working. Okay, with. so I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I got some background music here. This is this is actually a sneaky little one of my favorite things you've done, and it's actually not one of your songs necessarily, but it, but it is one I like. So we're gonna we're gonna start us off here. Let's see if you can hear this. Holding on to your pictures on my telephone. <laughs> and I know that I should let you go, but it's hard to break away. I ask around, yet I wonder what you're doing now. But I hear that you've been going out a little more these days. But everything's wrong. Come on, Charles. Nothing's going right. <laughs> I would heard that song of forever. Is that for my solo oh, record? Just like the say first song? A word and he still, he still Stop, Pat. Stop. I'll be right there. Abort. Abort. <laughs> <laughs> Abort oh, mission. Gosh. Oh, I had to bring out. What? I had to bring out one of your brother's songs there. Yeah, I was uh, and you That's what it was. Him. <laughs> yeah, that, I remember writing that. That was one of the actually first decent songs I wrote in Nashville. I was learning a lot from Josh. We that was I just moved to Nashville and uh I can't remember if Dave wrote that with us or not, but I wrote that with, with Josh and was really proud of that song. So that, that, great I gotta song. go back and listen to that one. I know I hadn't heard that one in a long time. That was probably This is gosh, this it, is a, the acoustic YouTube version y'all y'all did. This was this was oh, like nice. thirteen nice. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. All right. Let's, would let's you, uh, you, edit that out, all that out, David. Would you we'll have ever sure guessed that 13 years later, Pat Perry of Augusta would have butchered that song on a podcast? Like, <laughs> you know, live it, it was not what it was intended for, but, you know, yeah, always surprised. All right. A few quick ones here. A couple stories. We'll wrap it up. Uh, I saw a tweet one time that you played so bad that you literally gave the clubs to your caddy. Can you? Is that true? Yeah. Very much. I, I had this like backup set, and um, I can't remember where we were. And I played absolutely one of the worst rounds of golf I'd played probably in ten years. And, and of course, I'm blaming the clubs. And uh, and the caddy was there, and I said, "Man, I said I'm literally going to throw these in the trash." I said, "You want to take them?" I said, "You can pawn them off or whatever. I don't care." I said, "I just don't want them in my sight." <laughs> and he took it. Kept the bag though. The bag was really nice. That was my only regret was not keeping the bag, but uh, yeah. What uh, what kind of golf? T- you know, you're a golf nut. We we call we talk about our listeners. Everybody's a golf addict that that listens to the tour junkies. We're golf addicts. So, with, with all the golf, if you're not playing golf, what kind of golf content do you consume? Do you watch every tournament? Do you only watch some of them? Do you listen to podcasts? Who are some of your favorite golf Instagram follows? Um, stuff like I, that. Do you, you take in any of that? I, you know what? I'm, I, I've been needing to get into the whole podcast world. This is the, like even this is going to make me kind of get into it more. Everyone, you know, I, it takes, always takes me a little while to keep up with what the, what the young kids are doing these days, like <laughs> you guys, you know. 
But yeah, um, yeah. but no, I I watch a lot of golf channel. I really do. I um you know especially now that I've gotten to know some of these these golfers, I, I really feel invested. You know, and like when when Kevin's playing good, and you know, or like gotten to Jim Furyk and you know a lot of these guys that I've I've been lucky enough to play with. So it kind of even makes it a little bit more fun. You feel like a personal connection there. But uh, I watch a lot of golf channel. I'm not gonna lie, it's uh it's it's on a lot in my house. Even if it's just background, I like to have it there. And uh and yeah, I'll follow some different um, you know, stuff on Instagram, yeah. you know, some funny things or like golf cart fails. I always like to watch those. People doing crazy things on golf carts and yeah. but uh, but yeah, I, I watch a lot of golf. It's definitely a big part of my life. All right, so we talk a lot about we talk a lot about betting on our show. Like we, our regular show, we do a lot of PGA Tour betting and gambling and DFS and DraftKings and all that kind of stuff. So when you're on the course, you, you know you're like us. You love listening to music. You, you love having a drink. Do you do any bets on the course? What what's the what's the bet? And do you have any well, good like gambling stories with anybody we would know? Uh, I can't I can't I don't like to talk about like how much we bet for, but I will say no, we, no, no. at Richland in in Nashville we've we've gotten to be a little bit um, obsessed with this game called Vegas. You ever played Vegas? Uh-huh. And it's where I've heard you know, of Vegas. The, yeah, so it's like you know two against two. And everybody has to stay in the hole. It's not like a best man, you know, best ball scenario. So if if my partner now, let's say it's par four, he makes a, a par and I make a double. And then the other team, they make a bogey and they make a double. That's a, they, they have a 56 and we have a 46. So that's 56 minus 46, that's 10 points. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing for a dollar, that's $10. But as it goes and gets pressed, you might be playing for $20. So all of a sudden, yep. you just lost, you know what I mean, 20 times 10, $200. So it can get kind of kind of crazy as it goes. Um, so that's a game we play a lot. But uh, I, I don't I don't really – I mean, Darius and I, will, I will say this. Darius, uh, on the last tour we did together, we had a running bet from the beginning of the tour to the end. And uh, he got his butt kicked because he wouldn't let me give him any shot. He's about a, he's about a seven or eight. And so, you know, I'm, I've – I was like a four or five, and and so we played straight up. And so what we did at the end of the um the end of the uh, tour, he owed me this amount of money, and it was the Georgia South Carolina game. This was like two years ago, and he goes double or nothing. And I oh. said, you want some points? And like South Carolina was like twenty point dogs, and he said, I don't even want the points. I feel so good about this. And sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, they just got they got whacked. And Darius, right before I right before I hop on stage, he hands me this envelope full of cash, and I was like, "Did you just have this cash on you?" You know, like Darius is that rich where he just like literally had this giant yeah. wad of cash. I mean, yeah. and just you know, it was the coolest thing because he hops off stage, and I'm like literally getting ready, making a little drink, and he just hands it right to me, and I stuck in my back pocket, went and played. <laughs> that was pretty- that that was definitely one of my favorite betting betting stories. Right I mean, there. to go double or nothing on a South Carolina football team versus Georgia with no points, you are either no dumb as a box of hair or you're fully loaded rich, and it just doesn't matter. Those, yeah, I, I think, those, I, think those, I, I just I I think he really was just trying to prove a point and have a great story <laughs> if they had won it. But yeah, <laughs> did not happen. Well, uh, along those lines with the PJ Tour, like. You know, you you see a lot of events, and you follow it closely as a fan. 
you know, recently the PJ Tour announced um, a relationship with DraftKings, and and they're getting ready for gambling, which has now been ruled by the Supreme Court as acceptable. And now you got states waiting on regulation. Like, gambling is about to really uh, be injected into the game of golf on a professional level. Have you, like, I don't know, have you thought about that, or would you be likely to, would you be likely <laughs> as a fan? to gamble on the on the PJ tour if it was now more widely available. I mean, I'm still gonna use my bookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, same. Uh, so if that yeah. if that if that answers your question, I mean I listen, people are gonna do it regardless. I agree, uh, yeah. Know, so if we can, you know, get some taxes off of it, but uh Speaking of my bookie and betting, hey We're proud to be sponsored by MyBookie.ag, the number one place to bet on literally anything, any sport, politics, religion, pop culture. You can bet on anything you want, but they've got some great PGA Tour offerings if you're a golf nut like we are. Of course, they have everything you want for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, and a lot more. We've been working with MyBookie for over two and a half years now. We've got over a thousand of you that have signed up on MyBookie through the Tour Junkies. We appreciate it. They always take care of the Tour Junkies, folks. If you ever have a question, if you ever have a problem or a concern, they always take care of our folks. you got to make sure when you sign up, though, you use our promo code tour junkies all one word all lowercase when you sign up for a brand new account and put at least fifty dollars in the account using promo code tour junkies you're tagged to us they take extra special care of you get some bonuses in there as well and you can just go off and bet on whatever you want so uh, join us we write up about my bookie bets every week we talk about my bookie bets for golf we've won a bunch of money on it over the last few years and uh, yeah, obviously you got to go somewhere if you want to throw down a little a little wager here and there. So check it out. Now we're gonna get back to the interview with Charles and wrap it up with the coolest contact in his cell phone and an anchorman style battle between a few country artists. Let's get right to it. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been using my guy for all of it for a while. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I kind of like I, I I I like the danger of it being a little wrong. You know, I, I hear that. <laughs> Well, you know, now that you're getting into podcasts, you start listening to us every week, and you can you can make some you can make some more educated bets. You know what I mean? I like it. I like it. Sounds um, good. All right, if you could play one round, if if you could only play a round of golf with one club in your bag, and you have to shoot the lowest hmm. possible score, which club are you pulling? We 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 used to do this because living on the golf course, me and my brothers used to do this almost every okay. night. Uh, we go out there with one club, and it was always a seven iron because you could hood a seven iron. You know, to yep. hit you a light notch, mm-hmm. you know, a long, you know, drive. And then you could still open a seven iron out of the bunker. And then you could, you know, lift it up and kind of blade it for your putt. So, seven iron all day long. Nice. Coolest contact in your phone. If you had to pick one contact, Ooh. you go, man, I cannot believe this This person is in my phone. Of all the people you have. Oh, man. Uh, probably, I don't know. Man coolest uh keith urban's in there that's pretty cool uh yeah. i mean like you know luke, luke bryan all those but they're buddies um yeah keith urban i'm trying to remember if timberlake's in my phone i know he was for a while but I be, that, that would be up there one. yeah that would be up there for sure but uh well, i don't think i JC's have this current one <laughs> jc's listening please let charles know your current phone number yeah, yeah. Okay. I probably got I probably got the old one from like, you know, seven years ago when we when we first met somewhere. Anchorman style street fight. Who wins? Lady A, Little Big Town, 
Sugarland, Thompson Square, or the band Perry? <laughs> uh, band ba- ba- Perry's the first to go. Uh, they're they're gonna get their asses. They're gonna get their asses killed. Uh, That's awesome. I don't know. The girl's pretty pretty strong though. She's kind of ripped. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Little Big Town probably wins. Uh, uh, I know. Um, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's pretty, Jimmy's pretty, like, he doesn't look like it, but he's pretty, uh, he's pretty swole, man. He's pretty fit. Yeah. I think he could, he could probably go ahead and, and handle Dave and I just himself and, you know, and then all the girls just gang up on Hillary and there you go. It's over. So I'd say a little I bit down probably wins, wins that battle. And they're like the four of them, you know, they're the only, they're yeah. only ones with four. So. Yeah, I like that you're honest. We asked Darius that question with some Hootie and the Blowfish uh, comparisons, and he was like, oh, no questions asked. We, we'd kill everybody. Um, he did <laughs> an honest evaluation. All right, last it. question. Um, right. Charles, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on the on the podcast. We'd love to have you on again. We're huge fans. Hope to get to meet you in Augusta. Okay. So final question. Go back to 2008. Right. Lady A releases his right. first album. You guys start to blow up. You go on this wild journey you've been on for – more than a decade now, would you rather do it all over again or go back to 2008, be a PGA Tour player, and be one of the <laughs> top 25 best players in the world from 2008 to today? Which one, which, which uh, life, which career would you choose? No question. I'll pick music. I've, I mean, I, I have so much respect for those guys doing what they do. I mean, it's such a grind, uh, mental grind, physical grind. I mean, they're – you know, we go out on the weekends and, you know, and now we have all day to do whatever we want to do. Uh, I mean, those guys have to, you know, show up, play in pro-ams, practice rounds, all this stuff and, and do it. And, you know, we can have a bad show and we're still going to get paid. If they play bad, they ain't getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll pick my job any day of the week. Love it, man. Well, anyway, uh, we appreciate it. Thank Looking you, Charles. New album. Thanks, boys. Sorry to put yeah, you your songs. Oh, you did well. You did well. That was, that was bold, man. That was bold. Very brave. Uh, no, man, I look forward to seeing you guys in Augusta, man. I'll be down there uh, for Masters for sure this year. So hopefully awesome. run into each other. All right, boys. Well, thank you, Charles. Yep. Take care.